And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You've done some brilliant pictures. You've done some stinkers. Really? Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, November 13th. 2020. Yeah, I can't wait to check in at Camp Crystal Lake later today. I'm Jay Skeets. I'm alongside me, as always. We got Tass Mellis. Hello, everybody. Hello, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are on a Friday. Guys, keep your questions coming. For our next Beach Steppin' Podcast, email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com, or you can tweet them in at nodunksinc. Don't forget to grab your merch, your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com, and make sure you check out the three classics that we dropped earlier this week, even though it feels like we dropped them three weeks ago to me, <laughs> but we did drop them earlier this week. We talked to NBL broadcaster Liam Santamaria about LaMelo Ball's game. And whether he's worth the number one pick next week. That's a lot of fun. Tass and Lee did a great job with that one. Then we talked with John Hollinger about his 2020 NBA mock draft. Spoiler, um, every prospect sucks. <laughs> Except maybe Ty- uh, Halliburton, I guess, is the one that John was high on. And then we talked on Wednesday with Jason Concepcion about leaving the ringer and why he's pivoting to politics and binge mode and... NBA desktop and the time he pissed off Woj and Baby Yoda. We had a blast. We talked Knicks with him as well. A lot of fun. So go check out that podcast as well. But today, guys, oh my goodness, we got so much to dissect here. And we're going to play a little What You Got. What you got? Oh, it's been so long since we've had that intro. I love those bars. All right. So many topics to tackle here, guys. First one, Russell Westbrook is seeking a trade from the Rockets. According to the Athletics, Sham Sharanya, Sam Amick, and Kelly Eco. Damn dream team right there. Uh, Russ has been uneasy about Houston's accountability and culture and wants to join a team where he can have a role similar to the one he had with OKC. Uh, James Harden, by the way, is apparently still committed to the Rockets. So we can get into the Rockets, but let's focus on Westbrook right now. He's got three seasons, uh, what, $132 million-ish remaining on the deal. So, what you got, Tass, you get us started. Weirdest Westbrook destination. I'm going to give you three. Maybe you go off board, but Hornets, Knicks, or Magic. Westbrook on one of those teams, what you got? Man, this whole thing is weird. You want to talk weird? I mean, this escalated super quickly. The first report, according to ESPN, was James Harden and Russell Westbrook not happy with the outlook of the future of this team. Right. Okay. Hours later, Russell Westbrook says, you know what? Not strong enough. 
I demand a trade. I want to be out of here. And James Harden says, no, 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 I'm, I'm taking that all back. Very strange. Houston has to hope that Russell Westbrook didn't think that first message was strong enough. He needed to send a smoke signal to the front office that, hey, we need to do something to make this team better. And they got to hope that that's all that Russell Westbrook wants out of this and that he actually doesn't want to be traded uh, and that they're just sort of upset with the way that things have gone, that the two decision makers that aren't on the floor decided, hey, I'm leaving this team in this offseason, Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni. That's what they got to hope. Uh, but that's not fun to talk about. So let's just get into the fun part. Where's Russell Westbrook going to go? You mentioned Charlotte, Orlando, the Knicks. What's the weirdest one? At first, you got to think Charlotte. It's just not a match for Russell Westbrook. But then I thought about it. It's kind of like Russ being in OKC without Kevin Durant. He's going to take every stinking shot. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's similar to me. Uh, they wouldn't be great. They might make the postseason. They, might, they definitely get bounced in the first round. Uh, I, I think... The Knicks, uh, it would also be a one-man show. Uh, the team wouldn't be that good. I think that would be the sexiest for everybody. Everybody wants to see a guy making shots in MSG. You saw Giannis Tetacupo share yesterday randomly his first game winner, which was in MSG. Everybody loves that. So I think that would be the best one for everybody involved. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if the team's good. Okay. Uh, but Orlando's the weirdest uh, because <laughs> there would also there would be expectations and... There would be no shooting just like last year. This team just doesn't have a lot of shooters. You add Russell Westbrook to that. What are they going to do? Uh, everybody would just pack the paint uh, against Westbrook, against Aaron Gordon if he's still there, uh, against everybody that they have. But there would be expectations because if he's playing with Nikola Vucevic, who is a, a former All-Star, and Evan Fournier, I just don't want – I don't want to be judging Russell Westbrook now in the next three years. As to, what, what, is he a good basketball player? I just want to watch hoops, and I want to watch the one-man show. So I kind of hope he gets to the Knicks. Orlando's too weird for me. What what expectations, hold on, with the Orlando Magic have with Westbrook on their team? Like, just, just, just made curious. the playoffs. Well, yeah, okay, playoffs, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't all these teams expect to make the playoffs with Westbrook? Yeah, but, but Orlando was a playoff team. No, you're right. Now you add a former MVP. The headlines are going to be former MVP – added to a team that was at least made the playoffs. Charlotte and Knicks are way off. Right. Uh, so I think there would be some, hey, the conversation about being a five seed, a mid-team, a right. mid-east A five or team. six seed losing in the first round, just like he always has. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess you're right. But yeah. in the Eastern Conference, there would be there would definitely be expectations for a guy who's MVP not too long ago to jump up into, hey, are they a part of the second tier at least? That would be the conversation. I don't want to have that conversation. Okay, that is fair. These are all weird. So, Tass, excuse me, Trey, what what do you think? If you had to pick one, what's the weirdest from these three? I'm with Tass here. I think that the Magic would be the absolute weirdest place for Westbrook to end up. It does make sense a little bit from a basketball fit standpoint. Like Tass is saying, you got Vucevic who can at least stretch the floor a little bit as a big man, which should theoretically give Westbrook some space inside, you know, there are definitely going to be shots to be taken if he were to end up on the Orlando Magic, but just imagining Russell Westbrook wearing an Orlando Magic jersey with the pinstripes, it feels odd. It feels like Allen Iverson at the end of his career, and it feels like we're going to see this a few more times because Westbrook has this massive contract, and it's hard to convince yourself he's going to elevate you to a championship tier 
with Westbrook. Well, while if you are a playoff team, if you're on the fringes of the playoffs, you can talk yourself into him as a guy who's going to be, like Tess is saying, raising the floor a little bit. The Magic would be more in the mix for a fifth or a sixth seed rather than a seventh or an eighth seed. But the Knicks isn't weird to me at all. It seems 100% tailor-made <laughs> to bring in Russell Westbrook. The Knicks haven't totally been operating like they did through the entirety of the 1990s and 2000s. So maybe things have changed, but an aging star on a huge contract at the end of his career, that's really Nixy. As for the Hornets, they need a star. Westbrook has worn Jordan brand stuff for years and years. Michael Jordan is obviously the owner of the team there. It seems like every player who ends up on the Hornets gets a jump man deal at some point. They've already started at second base if they pick up Westbrook. But man, imagining him on the magic, it's just weird to me. Also, I'll throw in here, Tass, when you were talking about Westbrook being a one-man show, I definitely thought you were going to say everybody loves a one-man show on Broadway. That's another reason why he would fit with <laughs> oh. the Knicks. But um, the magic just feels so weird to me. It just feels like a, it's a retirement home, Florida, yeah. you know? And if Russell Westbrook <laughs> is going to the magic at 32, it's going to be a long retirement. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. We've talked so much about Westbrook. Everybody has. Like, is he... I mean, he's an all-star. He's still good. He had, like, a stretch there, Lee, with the Rockets that was incredible. Like, he had one of his best months, I remember, ever. Uh, for at least in a long time there. I guess, was it uh, January or February? And one yeah. of those particularly was pretty good for both of them uh, when they went super small ball, pocket rackets, all that. But also people look at it in the contract and go, like... Westbrook's a negative value asset. Like he's at this point in his career. What do you think? What's the weirdest spot? And and I know you're not the biggest Russell Westbrook fan out there too. <laughs> well, no, no, but let's go back to why he was very good there for the Rockets for a, for a patch this season. It was because he got rid of that three point shot and he was taking driving more into the lane and being active and using his explosiveness to still score. He still got that. Maybe not yeah. quite to the degree that he had in his prime, but that's Russell Westbrook at his best attacking the basket. At his worst, it's him settling for those mid-rangers and the three-pointers that he just doesn't have and he's never going to have now at this stage of his career. So it's really kind of, okay, Russ, do you want to go to a team where you're potentially going to uh, compete for a championship? If that's the case, then you have to understand you're taking a, a much lesser role on a team now. You just cannot be the leader on that team. If you want to go and just go crazy on, and, and stack those numbers and, and, and stat stuff again, then go to the Knicks if you want and go to the Hornets. That'll work out there fine for you. And in Orlando, it's kind of like, what's the point then? You know, you just, you, there's, you, he's not anywhere closer to winning a championship and it's just not a sexy team. Hornets obviously aren't that sexy either, but the Knicks is where we want Russell to go because that would just be a perfect situation. Yeah, if you're situation. a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah. that's, where, that's where we just want to see what would happen there if Russ went there. But I've got another one I'm going to throw out. I'm just going to throw this out there and see what people think, right? Okay. Because I actually think, again, Russell's best when he's on the floor with people who can shoot threes, right? And spread yep. the floor. And then the lane open up and he can go inside. The Utah Jazz were one of the best three-point shooting teams. <laughs> go on. This season, right? This season, <laughs> right? Now, if you think of all those guys, Bogdanovich and Ingles and, and uh, Conley and Donovan Mitchell, they all spread the floor. They can shoot the three. Opens up the lane then for Russell Westbrook to, to drive inside. I mean, he again, he's athletic. He's fast. I think that's actually... Even though it's not got zero zero chance of happening, right. I actually think that wouldn't be a bad spot if again Russ was to accept. Okay, Russ, maybe you're coming off the bench even in this situation. But no, 
hold on, hold on. He I wants know, to I go know. to his oh, own team on. and be I the know, There's no way he would ever go to Utah. I, you remember what happened with Westbrook I, in Utah. And now hey. you're asking him to come off the bench as well? No, come on, yeah. mate. Come hey, on. He, he had history with the Rockets, let's not forget, too, before he went and joined Houston. <laughs> now, I know I said there's zero the chance. in the stands. There's zero, zero chance. Well, there's no happening. fans in the stands now. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. There you go. Good point. Fair enough. I'm just saying, I actually think from a basketball fit, if Russ was prepared to accept a lesser role, I think that would be a situation where right. he's still competing for a championship there with the Jazz because we know they're missing something. Yep. Uh, he's still going to get his opportunities there. Again, it, just because you come off the bench doesn't mean you're going to play less minutes and get less shots. You're going to sort of have to appease him in that way. But that's an opportunity for Russ to be like, okay, you're not the superstar that you think you are. You're not the number one guy on a team anymore. But here's an opportunity for you to still be a very good player on a team that's contending. Again, the Knicks, the Hornets, the Magic are nowhere near winning a, a championship. The no, Jazz they, are might, least... they might be a playoff team. Like It's not even a <laughs> okay, lock. That's what I mean. That, yeah, that, that, so they're you. not close. I actually feel with the Jazz, he can he can satisfy both those things. It's not going to happen. Right. I'm just saying, well, hey, listen, <laughs> I, I, I never go to the trade machine. And I was actually thinking like, where would where could Russell Westbrook fit? And I think there's a fit there. I know he's got history, Trey, as you mentioned there with Utah. I'm, I'm aware of that. But it's like... There's something there. Make it happen, Utah. Well, that's funny you said all this because I just heard Simmons talking Westbrook trades on his podcast. I'm pretty sure, someone would have to fact check me on this, I'm pretty sure he threw out this league. A three-team deal that, you know, at its core had Westbrook in Utah. So you're the second person today to say this. Uh, Conley in Philadelphia. Conley in Philadelphia to work as like the point guard. And then I guess Horford making his way somehow uh, to, to Houston. So like, that was sort of what Simmons was throwing out there. But I can't right. believe I've heard two people in the last hour and a half tell me, hey, what about Westbrook in Utah? Now that's weird. You know, that's, I mean, that's next level weird. Because if you are Westbrook and, and you know, I know he said Charlotte is, is one of his... He said, he said Atlanta too. Apparently I saw someone said that he wants to come to Atlanta. But, you know, why? Uh, other than just to stat his numbers... What, what, what's the point of that at this stage of his career? Really? I, would, I wouldn't buy those rumors that he wanted to come to it. Come on, Tass. Just... This is exactly what we want to do. We want to overreact to every rumor. Make a case for everybody. At least the, I, I, at least the I saw that man. I saw that man on Twitter. Just because a man has an avatar where he's wearing a tie doesn't mean that his rumors are legitimate. Uh, so, but he's... I, I just... I, yeah, Atlanta... It doesn't make sense either. No. I mean, like, why would Atlanta trade for him to hog the ball from Trey well, Young? Like it, yeah, it, the only reason would be if, because they've got the cap space to take his contract, if the Rockets were then to furnish it with a first-round pick, which they don't they have. They don't have, so, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so that that wouldn't happen. But that's that's the kind of thing that Travis Schlenk has done uh, before with Carmelo. Yeah. It's basically like, I'll take your contract. you just got to give me a first-round pick for it because we're not ready yet. But uh, the Rockets... Uh, don't have a lot of assets to add no, on to that. No, they don't. They gave up a lot of them to get Russell Westbrook. Yes. And, and again, I think we do need to dissect uh, what this says about James Harden a little bit here too. But first, to stick with Westbrook, because you said it, trying to come up with a trade for this guy with that type of deal is, I mean, it's very difficult. You almost have to have a team, um, unless you get into three-team deals and four-team deals. You need a team that has so much cap space that they can sort of absorb him, right? Um, a team of then, you know, you have that cap. If you don't involve that cap space, you got to send back a ton of money, like $33 million. So you got to start adding some contracts together. The Hornets won. They have the things that can make it happen because they have an expiring contract of, what, $27.4 million in Nicholas Batum. And they have all of their picks. I mean, they've got this year's pick, number three. Now, you wouldn't expect them to move on from that, but I've got all their future first round picks for like, you know, the next six, seven years. 
And they could, you know, they don't have to match that entire salary. They could take a lot of that in, like $20 million in cap space. So there'd be some, there'd be a deal there. But man, it's just so weird that you're right. I'm with you guys. Like the idea of like Westbrook, like, I don't want to, I I don't trust where the Rockets are going here, be it ownership, be it I don't like James Harden anymore because there were some reports, you know, they're getting into it at times on the floor. And then he's like, I just want to go get triple doubles, man. Put me back. Put me in the Eastern Conference. Let me just rack up like 30 tens and tens for the rest of my career. I don't care. And get and sort of like at least give a because one thing Westbrook does is he gives an identity, right, to a team. Like he does, he ins, he sort of jams his sort of uh, his mo to a team and can be good, can be bad. I mean, you're going to compete hard. You're probably going to flame out in the playoffs, but you are going to be compete hard, and you're probably going to put butts in seats when we eventually could do that. I mean, he's a draw. <laughs> he's definitely a draw. Um, so, but the Hornets, I mean, I, I, you can picture him in these new jerseys, and we'll get to those in a second. I think he would look cool, but wow, it'd be weird on any of those Eastern Conference teams. The Knicks, I'm with you guys. It feels like we've been thinking about it for years. It's eventually just going to happen. But Bobby Marks put it well with them, of whether or not they would want him. A good way to look at it is, if he were a free agent this offseason, Westbrook, would New York commit to him for three years and $132 million? Like, would that be a type of thing that they would be comfortable with? Because that's what he's looking at. And if the answer is no, then you really can scratch him from the discussion here. And I think that's fair. Because, like, they could package what, like, Wayne Ellington and Bobby Portis and Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox, maybe because there's a young stud there, maybe that could blossom into something. Why I'll wouldn't pick. they do that? Why wouldn't they do that? Why what wouldn't do they? they have that's fair. The next, fair. What, what else do they have going for the next three years? Oh, the Westbrook uh, show. Why the heck yeah. not for a few years? Uh, if you want to be a bad team here from... For this 2021 season, keep flowing. Keep flowing yeah, with those guys. Yeah, but you guys. know what's weird about that, task? I, I I do agree with that with a lot of these teams that we're talking about, Hornets, Knicks, and, and uh, Magic, in a normal year. But we're talking about a year where you're not, in theory, going to even have people in the stands. You're not going to obviously have the capacity. Some of these places may have zero fans allowed in their arena. So that part where I keep struggling with my mind, you're right. Some of these like small markets or the Knicks who are desperate for a big star, you'd be like, oh, yeah. We'll get the place rocking. We'll sell it every night. You know, he is a good player still. Maybe he takes us to the playoffs, whatever. But there's a buzz. There's not going to be fans. I mean, that. so at least for a year, probably. I mean, I, I get hope we get to that point, but I think we can all agree it's not Certainly likely. full arenas. Uh, full arenas anyway. That's a long way. Just, I'm just yeah. adding that part yeah. to what you're saying, Tass. I sort of agree with you, but like, that's not going to be happening. Like, like that part where you sell for, it the for, arena. For me, that almost increases the likelihood of them making a move. Do you want just a dead arena and a dead market for a full year? I mean, it, it almost it amplifies the silence when they stink. Uh, and Trey, Trey already gave a nice little marketing ploy. Broadway is done until May, I think, at least. Broadway is in Madison Square Garden oh, every single night. Oh, baby. The, West, the Westbrook show, it just, it just makes too much sense. The Knicks love getting a guy who's shown his greatness throughout the first part of his career and then is sort of on the decline i know three years a lot for an athletic guy uh going deep into his 30s here he's 32 i guess that's not deep but for an athletic well, how many guy, it is. how many how many injury knee injuries has the guy had or surgeries yeah. i mean It'll it makes him year. stronger so it doesn't matter i don't know isn't it just like a good year of westbrook maybe two good years of westbrook because he was really really good this year versus you know, building it the right way. Maybe the Knicks have turned a corner. Maybe they, maybe they go about it the right way. I don't know. Lee knows best. <laughs> it just, it would just feel though that if they did make this move, that it would just be the same old Knicks. You know, like 
Just just getting this guy who we know, again, he, he's going to have that game where he puts up 58 against the team and, you know, has 20 in the last quarter and wills his team to victory. He's going to do that a couple of times, but ultimately the Knicks will be in a battle just to make the playoffs. And if they do make it, they'll probably get swept in the first round. And it's like, what's the point? But again, like kind of like Tass is saying, what, what's the ceiling for the Knicks today? You know, like about the same. Maybe they can get into the playoffs. So, I mean, if you've got Westbrook on your team, at least people are talking about you again. And, and, and like Network was saying when he was on our show, he'll talk himself into saying that this is the right move if the, if uh, if Westbrook goes there. So One, one yeah. other tough thing for the Knicks, if they do have a schedule that's heavy against your divisional opponents, which it, it sort of looks like they're going to, it hasn't been confirmed whatsoever, but 32 games of their 72 would be against division opponents. So eight against the Raptors, eight against the Nets, eight against the Celtics, eight against the Sixers. That's a tough that's division. Tough. Yeah, uh, that's to, it's actually point. one of the tougher divisions. So that's that doesn't bode well for us. But he'll make some headlines. He'll be firing away. He'll hit some game winners out there. What you said it's hard to find a deal for Russell Westbrook, but not for John Greenberg of The Athletic, who within yeah. 10 seconds of the Sham Sharania report had the trade going, Otto Porter and Thad Young for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> The Bulls are in the playoffs if they make that trade, and that's for two guys who are not going to be part of their future. I don't hate it. It's Billy Donovan, now the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, Westbrook's coach with the Thunder. I mean, you're taking the ball out of Zach Levine and Kobe White's hands, but they could be competitive, I think, and it gives you an identity. And yeah, there are not going to be fans in stands, but you still want your fans to watch the games. I don't necessarily know that that was high on the list of priorities for Bulls fans last season. I can talk myself into Westbrook wow. so easily. Yeah. Trey, what what if it took them? Uh, because that's like that's not a lot there, and I'm a big Otto Porter fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's but nothing. Otto Porter and that's Zach. Le- what about Otto Porter and Zach Levine? Okay, for see Westbrook. Yep. Yeah, you would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can trade Zach Levine and bring in Russell Westbrook, what's the difference? Uh, one guy who shoots the ball all the time, another guy who shoots the ball all the time. Okay. One of them can make a three at the end of a game. Okay. What about the Clippers? Let's throw one more team out there. Like, there's a team that maybe actually does have title aspirations lately. Um, they could put something together. It could involve Montrez Harrell, like a sign-in trade. It could involve like a Beverly and Lou Williams and Zubats and other pieces <laughs> and a pick. No, you can make it happen. Yeah. You can get the salaries up there. I mean, that's maybe a little more enticing to the Rockets, I would think, too. But if you're the Clippers, you're Balmer. Do you, would you go, all right, let's get real nuts, get the third star, Kawhi, PG, Westbrook. What do you think? Yeah, I don't mind that, to be honest. I mean, uh, because they're all going to be on the same uh, page. as like, hey, let's let's do this. We've got the stars now. Because guys like Patrick Beverly, I mean, he would have to be traded. You can't have Westbrook and Beverly on the same team anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, and he's an upgrade. Westbrook's definitely an upgrade over Beverly. Beverly's a good defensive player, but offensively, Westbrook is better. And, uh, and, and I think that would put him in the right situation where he's like, again, he's competing for a championship. And, uh, and, and, I don't know about how combustible it would be with another uh, strong personality in that locker room, whether it would be good or bad. But if you're Westbrook, it's like, yeah, why not? He's going home to LA. He's going to a team that is a legit contender and he's going to play with other star players. So he knows that uh, he's going to have, you know, good talent around him. Um, How he would go and be able to be like, maybe on the third option on offense here and how he would be able to uh, cope with that is a different story. But if you're Westbrook and that deal is there and it's available, uh, you, you've got to go to the Clippers for sure. I think right. that's the best situation for him. And as you say, you'd have to give up a lot if you're the Clippers, but yeah. no no one no one that you couldn't overcome. I mean, Zubats was good in his role. Um, you know, so he's probably the one you'd... But Lou Williams, I think he's probably, he's probably turned the page on his career where he's now in decline a little bit. 
Um, and you could do without him. And then, yeah, if you if you throw in a Marcus Morris somehow sign and trade to make the salaries happen, uh, do it for sure if you're the Clippers. I mean, you you know, you, you're going to spend all this money. If you get into the luxury tax, it's worth it if you get the championship in the end. Yeah, Balmer might be just crazy enough and rich enough to yeah. uh, to, to give it a go too. <laughs> It'd be wild to see. Reuniting Paul George and Russell Westbrook, unfinished business. Yeah. Oh, I love it, Lee. <laughs> hey, we always, Trey, we always talk about, you know, Kawhi has his limitations as a leader. You know, it sounds like he wants a point guard. He wants a guy that's going to bark at guys and keep people accountable. That could be a Westbrook. I mean, No doubt theory, about it. Remember, work. Westbrook threw um, the house hype party to, to welcome... <laughs> Paul George back to OKC. He obviously knows how to motivate Paul George. You yeah. get a DJ, you get some punch, and you throw a massive party. He's good to go. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Tass, anything? Any thoughts on on the Clippers' possibility getting into the Westbrook uh, mix here? I think the reuniting idea is just it's just too good. Uh, I, I thought at first before this all happened that the Rockets would go after Serge Ibaka, then they'd have that trio that used to hang out together in OKC, James Harden. <laughs> Uh, himself and Serge, there was a chance there. I think the the Clippers aren't going to push for that, though. No, it's, it's just chemistry is already a question mark, and then you're adding Russ in there. I think they want to try and do what they did last year and try and get it right. And then and then it would also probably involve um, trading their only big in Ivica Zubats. Or Montrezl Harrell. I mean, both of those guys. Like they would be super weak in the in the front court. I know it's you'd have a really good team otherwise, but I don't think there's a there's really a good chance of that happening. There's just too many things that they'd have to overcome. Don't like it. I uh, I said this to you guys on the podcast. I can't remember what show it was. Um, that I thought I said like the Rockets were like veering into this team being sort of irrelevant i was worried about that i was like i don't think people are going to care about the rockets this was of course after d'antoni leaves and then maury leaves and i said you know i could see them they start one and five two and six they get off to a rough start whenever we start the season that then we see these headlines like then we see like oh i don't like the direction we're going from harden or westbrook like i want out of here obviously it took the rockets not even playing a game for westbrook to say that what does this say trey about James Harden. In all honesty, these guys are buddies. They teamed up there. And this will now be, it look appears to be, the third superstar he's played with at some point that is like, I don't want to play with this guy. I, like, I don't want to play on this team, at least. I don't know if it's specifically Harden. He is the team. I would think it is. But, like, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul, and now Russell Westbrook. Like, it's a bad look for your guy, James Harden, is it not? Well, at the very least, I think it says James Harden is not changing the way he plays for literally anybody. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Westbrook and Harden have been friends for 20 years. You know, he came in and the thought was going to be that Westbrook will be able to operate a lot on ball. You can save Harden and he'll be ready in the playoffs. As we saw, it turns out that the Rockets season ended basically the way every Rockets season has with Harden slowing down at the end and no off-ball movement. So if James Harden is not going to be working hard when he doesn't have the ball with Russell Westbrook having the ball, it's not going to happen in other places. You see so many tweets, so many posts, places that are saying, the Rockets, man, they got James Harden. All they got to do is encourage him to play off the ball, watch some Steph Curry tape, just a little bit of movement, and the Rockets' offense gets even better. It ain't going to happen because the guy is most comfortable having the ball, making every single play, taking every single shot, making every single pass, I know I'm going to still get lured into loving James Harden when he's scoring <laughs> 60 in four straight games. Sure. But it doesn't seem to necessarily translate to team success. 
Will he ever change the way he plays? I'm feeling pretty dubious about it. Well, I mean, that's so funny. I mean, sort of the same could be said for Russell Westbrook, right? You get you get lured exactly in with the 40-point right. triple-doubles in back-to-back games, and then you get to the playoffs, and it's a lot easier to figure those guys out, and they slow down, and then they hurt themselves at times. Yeah, I feel bad for Steven Silas, Tass, coming in here. Like, the guys didn't, what, waited 20 years to get a crack at a head coaching job? <laughs> Finally does? And uh, oh, GM's gone in a second, of course, and now you got one of your superstars leaving. Who knows if Harden's going to eventually come around to like get me the hell out of here? I feel bad for him. Blessing in disguise, maybe. Maybe all the, all the pressure is off, and you just become a coach. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, because he has uh, he would have had a huge spotlight on him, right? If both those guys are there. And you know maybe they don't win not necessarily because of him but because they've been struggling to win in the last couple of years so maybe this is a, a bit of a blessing for him. How many years did he sign for? I, I forget. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. My guess would be three or four. Yeah, it seems to be the general yeah. signing for a new guy, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, and I have an idea. He was cheap. <laughs> yeah, and it's tough for the front office. Obviously, Raphael Stone there taking over yeah. for Daryl Morey. The the thing that I thought of immediately was. The trade that Daryl Morey made to get Russell Westbrook was two first-round draft picks, two biggies, and the right uh, for OKC to swap two other first-round picks, plus Chris Paul. The cupboard is super bare, and, and now if, if Westbrook goes somewhere else, yeah, you can try and get a draft pick for him, um, but I would have rather, if I was Raphael Stone, bide my time for a couple years and, and try and work that for, uh, for a little bit rather than be a worse team, because either way... If you trade Russ, no matter all these criticisms, they're going to be worse. They're just—they're not going to be that good. Right, but they're not going to be so bad when you have James Harden on your team too. That's a bit of a conundrum. Yeah. Like he's so good that he still wins you a ton of games, even if he's a, a one-man show himself. But yeah, man, Sam Presti, like he must be loving. Now those Rockets picks could be enticing. The swaps I'm talking <laughs> about, like you could—you start to think what he could do with those. Uh, and because we know OKC sort of if in he's a rebuild, lucky, he might get three MVPs out of it. <laughs> That's right. He might do it again. You're absolutely right. And uh, you know, maybe get to the finals. They did get to the finals, won a game. Uh, but no, you're right. They got so so many of their picks. And the Rockets. I mean, if look, you said it. Westbrook gone. They're going to probably be worse. Harden eventually goes. You know, they're going to be worse um, if he does want out. Wow, those are even better than they you know looked at first glance. So, but is this a, is there a chance that this is just a push to the front office to, to tell them, hey, we can't just go into next season doing the same thing. Tillman Fertitta, it's time for the luxury tax. I know you're concentrating on being a restaurateur, but it's also time to pay up and go into the tax for us because we're 32. Uh, it's time to do it. Or is this, uh, hey, I'm done with this thing. Uh, I think it's uh, I'm done with this thing because it's not just Westbrook. I mean, we got like role players saying I want more minutes, and PJ Tucker saying, <laughs> "Hey, House show me my pissed. money." Yeah, Dan Wallace <laughs> is pissed, even though he has no right to be pissed whatsoever. Easy, buddy. Yeah, it's like I mean, this was and this is like the heavy hitters of uh, you know obviously the NBA and Rockets world in in Shams and Sam and and Kelly. I mean. You ain't getting more plugged in than that, right, Tass? I mean, I, they don't need to wear ties, okay? They got, they know this team, and I'm going to trust what they're reporting. So this is this is bad. And this it goes is again, back to the Dwight days, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a long yeah. time. Man, rough, rough if you're a Rockets fan right now. So we'll see how this plays out. We might have to have, correct me if I'm wrong, we had an emergency podcast for the first Westbrook um, you know, trade, right, where he got shipped to Houston. 
Yeah, because I was in I was in Florida at the time. I was at the beach. Yes, definitely. I was, I, yeah, I was calling in from Toronto. Yeah. Lee and Trey were here, and we weren't even getting paid then. We were free agents. Oh, that was <laughs> yes, you're right. That was the free agents. But so I wasn't even we, no dunks. We should be. We're getting paid now. So we should so do an emergency should, if Westbrook yeah. gets traded. Okay, we probably will. We probably will. All right, let's keep it going here. Uh, again, so much to talk about. Next one: the Suns are interested in Chris Paul. Those are reports. The Celtics might package their three first-round picks, uh, 14, 26, and 30, to move into the lottery and then flip that for Drew Holiday. That's a report. Coy Leonard, well, if he doesn't get Westbrook, he would like Chris Paul. That's a report. The Hawks, they've emerged as possible trade suitor for the Pelicans guard, Drew Holiday. That's a report. My goodness. There's a lot going on, especially with those two names, Chris Paul and Drew Holiday. So I'll ask it this way. Trey, you get us started. Favorite trade rumor, CP3 to the Suns, Drew to the Celtics, CP3 to the Clippers, or Drew to the Hawks? What you got? (laughs) Uh, I love them all, Skeets. I think these are all fabulous rumors. Let me run them through real quick. Chris Paul to the Suns is interesting because it makes the Suns a little bit interesting. The last thing we saw from them, 8-0 in the bubble. If you're adding a defensive-minded veteran presence, you got to think that helps, especially, you know, assuming Ricky Rubio will likely be gone. Chris Paul, certainly an upgrade there. And according to Brian Windhorse, Chris Paul has the approval of the Thunder to be speaking with the Suns, which which skirts tampering rules because Chris Paul knows every single rule. This guy knows every rule (laughs) in the entirety of the NBA. He knows you got to have your jerseys tucked in. And he knows that if you get approval from your team, even if you're the Players Association president, you can go and fake tamper with other teams. I think that's just brilliant (laughs) stuff. The guy has done his homework. Good thinking. Drew to the Celtics. Hilarious because the Celtics are always trading for whoever is available. Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard. Now it's Drew Holiday. Will it happen? I don't know. I also like CP3 to the Clippers for the history. It's easy to work out the math because all of the players who were traded from the Rockets to the Clippers, when Chris Paul went from the Clippers to the Rockets, they're basically still there. So you just throw them in the mix. It's very funny that most of these players we're seeing uh, traded for each other this offseason were the same ones that were in the mix a couple of offseasons previous. And Drew Holiday to the Hawks, I think, is also great. It accelerates their rebuild, which is exactly what Drew Holiday going to the Pelicans did a few years back. (laughs) If the Hawks want to try and be the eighth seed just like the Pelicans did, the same thing is probably going to happen for the Hawks. You don't trade a whole bunch of young pieces to try and make the eighth seed unless you're just trying to make the eighth seed. And sometimes that's the goal for an NBA team. So I thought these were all juicy just because they all kind of fit perfect narratives of things we've seen before in the past. For players, personnel-wise, something that's interesting, Chris Paul to the Suns to me is definitely the most interesting just because it'd be interesting to see what they look like. You know, somebody who... Actually, I think he raises their ceiling. I think he raises their floor. I think he would be a nice fit alongside Devin Booker, somebody else to make some plays there, and you can make it happen pretty easily. Uh, so, yeah, give me Chris Paul to the Suns. I've never felt better about the Suns. I've never felt better about Chris Paul. So put them together, and let's see how it goes wrong. All right. Lee, what do you got for this one? What you got? Well, I, I was going to say that one as well, but I'll move on. I'll make another one, and I want to see Drew Holiday to the Celtics, but... It would mean he would pretty much have to come off the bench, I think, because you think of that backcourt with Kemba Walker <laughs> yeah, and Jalen Brown. You just want Brown. to put everybody. Yeah, you put well, everybody. Well, well why I couldn't mean, it mean Kemba Walker's moving on? I doubt it. I doubt. It. I don't think they're going to move on from Kemba. But if they're going to trade three potential first-round picks, basically to get that a higher pick to flip that to New Orleans, mm-hmm. that to me says you know that this they're going for win now and they want some more experienced veterans on their roster. And I think again, Drew 
is that veteran who who's a very, very steady hand at the end of the game, good defender, can shoot, can play off the ball. You know, and if Kemper is having a bad game, he can fill in and take that uh, that point guard position off him. So I like it. But again, you're paying a guy basically $30 million then to come off the bench. Um, and that's something that Danny Ainge doesn't like to do. But again, it's like all these other picks that we've got, you know, they're, they're sort of mid to late first round picks. Yeah. They're probably not going to impact the team as much as someone like Drew could immediately next season and the one after. So uh, I would like to see him there. I, I just think, again, they're a defensive-minded team, and Drew's a very good defensive player. He would give them just extra depth uh, and a steady hand, and uh, and I like it. So I'd like to see that happen. It's just the Celtics, remember, were going to give up six first-round picks for Justice Winslow back in the day as well. That was one of the uh, that was one of the crazy rumors. So they like to just package all these picks and say, "All right, we'll just give you a wall to you. you just give us one guy in return, and uh, and will it happen?" But you know, I, I think I think he would be the sort of guy again who would be happy to to go there and accept a lesser role, you right. know, because he's closer to a championship. And Drew has spent a lot of his career not really close to a championship, so he's kind of like, "I'm getting paid. I'm on a good team, and I'm competing." And I'm still going to play big minutes. It's just maybe not the same sort of big minutes that he's played, uh, you know, for the Pelicans and, and when he was in the six, uh, the Sixers there as well. So not as many shots, but you exchange that when you've been, I think a lot of guys, you know, for if your career has been not making the playoffs and just not really close, you are prepared at, later on to be like, you know what, I'm happy to, to go here. He seems like that type of guy just anyway. Not like, a little bit. Yeah, yeah not yeah, like Westbrook sure. where he's like, no, I just want the triple doubles. Um, so I, that, that's where I think Drew is. So I think that would be a decent fit. I liked how you compared Danny Ainge, uh, his GM, his moves, like, here's a bunch of my picks, just give me something better or a better player. That's how I used to play fantasy basketball. You would just, like, pick up, like, four guys oh, off yeah. the waiver wire and then package them. <laughs> four for one deal, man. Come on. Come on. Uh, give me yeah. Kevin Garnett. I just got, I'm giving you four guys. Yeah, you yeah. pick them all up the waiver wire. Well, come yeah. on. JYD, he shoots a great percentage from <laughs> <Yeah>. the floor. <laughs> uh, Those guys are always annoying, though, because you would like, well, I have to, like, sacrifice three other guys just to make this trade work for you. Well, so yeah, but I'm, your team sucks. You're like, yeah. Yeah, that guy's injured. That guy barely plays. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but we've, all, we've all done that, though, where you oh. grab a couple of hot guys off the waiver wire and instantly try to trade them. <laughs> hundred oh, percent. That's what you do. That's that's the beauty of fantasy basketball. Uh, yeah. uh, all right. So you like the Celtics one. Uh, Trey obviously liking the Suns one with Chris Paul. Um, Tass, do you have a, a different one? One of the final two or something else that you like more? Or what you got? Well, it sure seems like the Pelicans want to take a step back and get younger, and, and so it, it feels like you know whether it's the Celtics or the Hawks giving them picks. Uh, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm buying that uh, David Griffin wants to put this thing in neutral and take a step back from going the uh, the veteran route. And I would love to see Drew Holiday as a, as a Celtics um, starter. I think he's going to start. I don't think he's coming off the bench. I think they would have to find another team uh, to take on Kemba Walker, really, in that. Uh, but it would be take so much pressure off Drew Holiday. Now, I think, you know, he has... Uh, ha- he's, he's gotten the pendulum to, swung, uh, to swing, I should say, as we've said, from... Underrated to now just a tad bit overrated here because everybody loves them some Drew Holiday. But now, you know, he's going into his 30s. I think it would be a nice fit on the Celtics to to be a, a complimentary player. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they've got so many talented guys there. It would be really, really nice. Uh, the Hawks thing is, it's, it's, it's a puzzler to me. As Trey said, it's, it's almost like exactly what the Pelicans did. They went for it, uh, and, and now the Hawks... Some are criticizing them for going too early or going for it too early if they try and get Drew Holiday. 
But I say do it. I say do it because I, they really, really, really believe in their core. They really believe in Trey Young. They believe Clint Capella is going to help out. Uh, and, and David Griffin uh, in New Orleans, he fleeced the Hawks a little bit last year. The Hawks traded up for DeAndre Hunter in the draft so the Pels could get uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker plus Jackson Hayes plus a couple second-round picks. Right, that hasn't right. worked out too well for the Hawks quite yet. But hey... Go get fleeced again, Travis Schlank. We believe in you. Uh, I think I think Drew Holiday, uh, he's he's just so solid uh, to be beside Trey Young. And if you really, really believe in Trey Young and John Collins and, and hopefully Hunter or Reddish uh, or Herter really evolves, just do it. Yeah. Do it. Be a good team for sure. All right, we got lots more still to get to here. But first, let's uh, hear from our sponsors. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I pissed off a lot of the Star Wars geeks out there saying that the Mandalorian sucks. <laughs> ah, f*** them. <laughs> it kind of does. I, I, I kind of does. agree with you. More like the Mandaborian. Yes. Right? That's it. But you know Bingo. what? It is kind of cool to see X-Wings and ships flying around. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, it, like, yeah, I get that. And someone said, like, well, how much of a Star Wars fan are you on a oh, scale of one God. to ten? I said four. Yeah, well, <laughs> like right away, I was like, I don't know, four. Uh, like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. They didn't know how to answer that. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, it's, you're seeing all this other things. It looks cool. That's the thing. Yeah. It looks amazing, the show, but nothing happens right. in the show. It's a, or it's like a, a kid's a, show. A weird little side story happens that doesn't have any impact. Like, why is the Mandalorian, he's lost total focus of what his goal is, too. Why does he keep going on these dumb little side things? Uh, I don't know. Well, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, who knows? It's like an episodic Western adventure. It's like yeah. watching Bonanza or something, <laughs> which I guess is fine, but come on. Let's yeah. get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. Exactly. And someone said, I, I don't give a shit if this is a spoiler. Um... <laughs> We're talking about Baby Yoda, diabolical Baby Yoda, as Jason was pointing out, eating this lady's frog, uh, frog lady's egg, mm-hmm. which is crazy. He's gonna save her entire, like, um, what do you call it, species? Uh, okay, because uh, something's gonna happen to the rest of her eggs, right? And this mm. weird little thing she's carrying around, something's gonna happen. Yeah, They're yeah. gone. Don't worry, Baby Yoda swallowed one. Ugh. You know, goes into the bathroom, That's forces right. the back. He's going to save him, for sure. He's going to shit out the eggs, and the dad's going <laughs> to on them. <laughs> Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. Yeah, check it out. All right, back to what you got. Uh, according to the Indianapolis Star, three times Victor Oladipo told opposing teams during games that he wanted to join them. 
right in front of his Pacers teammates. Oh, my God. It happened, apparently, against the Raptors, the Heat, and the Knicks. His line, or some variation of it, was, can I come play with y'all? All All right. So Oladipo asking other teams, can I come play with y'all? This was the report. Fact or fiction? Lee, what you got? It's fact. I'm going with fact on this one uh, because it sort of does – prove what we've been talking about a lot with Victor Oladipo and the Pacers this season. It's been a weird, weird season. He obviously missed the start coming back from that injury, that that nasty injury that he suffered last season, the uh, torn quadriceps, I believe it was. Uh, And he started playing okay, but then the season went into lockdown or or the shutdown happened. And then down in the bubble, we were heard that he was going to the bubble and he was going to work out with his team, but he wasn't going to play and they were going to pay him anyway. And then it was like, oh, well, he's here and he's actually okay. So he did start playing with his team. Uh, and then they got swept in the first round by the Heat. And so the whole sort of, there was a lot of rumor and speculation about whether or not Oladipo is going to sign a long-term deal with the Pacers because, you know, it's like when they traded for him, he's been an all-star since he's been there. He's a good player, but he's coming off a big injury. How good is he? But then there was also a, a bit of a feeling that maybe the team didn't want him to go out there and play, and that sort of frustrated him. Now, if you're saying he said to the Knicks, hey, I want to play with you guys, then this is obviously not during the lockout, uh, during the uh, restart down there in Orlando mm-hmm. because the Knicks weren't down there. So this goes back to earlier in the season when, when, the, when the Pacers played the Knicks. So I think there's a lot of frustration uh, from Oladipo for the injury and then being on a team that's good but not great. And he's like a star but not a superstar. And there's just a little bit of like maybe the team is, is hesitant on signing him to a long-term deal and he wants that and he expects that. And so is he going to get that from someone else? I'm not so sure. So I think he's kind of, um, you know, making it clear that he's not happy with his situation there in Orlando and he wants out if they're not going to pay him. And uh, and I think if you're the Pacers, you're like, well, we're probably not going to pay him, so we will try to trade him. And him sort of throwing a bit of a tantrum there by saying that in front of his teammates, you can understand why they feel that's disrespectful to do that if he was being serious. If he's sort of joking around... Okay, maybe maybe you could get away with it, but doing it allegedly three times to me is more likely. He's saying, "I'm done in Indiana. I want out. I want to play with anybody else." So, right. I, if he had I, only I, if he had only done it, if he had only said this when he was playing the Knicks, then you're like, "Ah, that's a good joke." That's exactly. A good joke. Exactly. But now I, he's I, saying it with the Heat and the Raptors. You're like, "Oh, hold on, hold on." Why yeah. do you keep saying this? Two good teams that are contenders, and he's like, "I, I could see myself on." That. He's been rumored, of course, to the Heat. Uh, that's out there. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors, I haven't really heard that, but the Knicks is also a rumor. So. Um, I think it's just a combination of frustration, not playing all that much, and then you know playing okay down in the bubble. He played, he played some good games down there, but also the paces. Time to move on, I think. So I, I buy it. I'm okay. buying that. You're buying it. Fact, Tass. What do you think? What you got with this one? A man on the basketball floor is playing on the, against another team and says, "Can I come play with y'all?" <laughs> I. Uh... I know it's paraphrasing, but I think y'all. Right. Uh, Can I come play with you guys? Can I come play in your city of basketball operations? Uh, I I think it's a step too far. I think maybe he's talking to the Heat or the Knicks uh, and and just talking to a guy on the other team that he likes. He's talking to Jimmy Butler and he's saying, you know, what kind of practices you guys run? Uh, you, You guys keep it tight over there? Man, I'd love to play in a situation like that. And that's it. Like, I think maybe he's looking at greener pastures for sure. He's, he doesn't seem like he's super, super duper happy. Um, but I think he's just trying to get a lay of the land. You know, he's trying to feel out what the NBA is all about. Uh, and he's out of Indiana. So 
basically, the paraphrasing is right, um, uh, and it's a, a shorter, snappier headline. But it was—I think it's more of a conversation during a free throw, like a full two free throws. He's chatting to somebody on the other team about, uh, you know, f- what it's like in another city because he's, uh, yeah, for some reason he just doesn't love it in Indiana. Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting, Trey. I feel like. Victor Oladipo is going down the path of Paul George uh, in terms of like being really well liked, I think, by most fans and uh, quickly having them sour on them. Just maybe because they're thinking they're a little bit better than they are, uh, or at least in terms of what they've accomplished so far. Like Oladipo is good, but he is sort of uh, still riding the wave of like one good season, right? And I know injuries have come into play, but he is not a superstar. Seems no, to sort of like maybe not. think he is, yeah. We all remember that 2017-18 season right after the Paul George trade where Oladipo became an all-NBA player and he took the Pacers to a Game 7 against LeBron in the first round of the playoffs. And so we all think back to that. Obviously, he suffered an injury soon thereafter, but he wasn't even having a great season during 18-19. He was having an all-star season, but that's a little bit different than an all-NBA season. And you would think that having suffered an injury similar to Paul George breaking his leg during a Team USA scrimmage, that you would want to stay with the franchise that kind of built you up, that seems to be a little bit on the upswing, which the Pacers certainly are. But for whatever reason, Indiana is not able to keep these stars that they have helped so much. You know, yeah. they I do think that they build their teams around their stars. I thought that the that the Pacers definitely tried to build around Paul George. I know he didn't like it when they told him he was going to eventually have to play four and he didn't want to be considered a big guy or whatever. And, you know, it definitely feels like the Pacers are building around Oladipo now, or at least that was the thought that they would be able to to put some, you know, some supporting pieces around him and maybe uh, be a bit of an ensemble with him as the, the head of the cast. But it just hasn't worked out. And it definitely just feels like Oladipo is going to be squandering all of that uh, all those happy feelings we have for him after being a surprise player during the 2017-18 yeah. season. It feels exactly like Paul George. And, you know, that's got to be a little bit troubling for the Pacers because it feels like they're able to to consistently make good teams and build up players and find all-stars where you wouldn't necessarily expect them. But then they're not able to necessarily go into hyperdrive or, I guess, uh, in Indianapolis, overdrive. <laughs> raise those RPMs and get into sure. the upper stratus of the Eastern Conference. But uh, this is shameful stuff from Victor Oladipo, if it's true. I mean, even if it's a short conversation, obviously somebody heard it and was very excited to tell about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you been to Ind- Indianapolis, Trey? Like, Oh, yeah. Does sure. it suck? Like, uh, maybe just guys just don't want to live there. Well, I mean, I, I think that New York is probably more alluring than sure. Indianapolis is. Same with Toronto. Uh, but you know, for me, it's a place where you go for a big event or where you're passing through. I don't know if I would okay. want to be playing 72, 82 games there. Okay. Great for the final four, right? <laughs> sure. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe a Super Bowl. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You got a lot of big events coming through there, but maybe now he sees like the calendars like, oh man, we're not going to any of these big events anytime <laughs> yeah. soon. Get me the hell out of here. I missed Hamilton. Yeah. This is, this is a rough look. And you know, I know, I think Pacers fans, I don't know how they feel about Oladipo. I'm sure some love him. I'm sure some have maybe soured on him. Because I do, I wonder, like, after these come back from injury, like, where does he even rank right now, Lee, as uh, as on the Pacers, like, best players list? Like, he's not one, I don't think. Um, 
I'm, 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 you're starting to make cases that he's not even number two, where he is right now coming back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say Sabonis is their best player. Yeah. Then it's down to, you know, Miles Turner and Oladipo for that uh, other spot. But TJ Warren also really right. cashed in down in the so bubble he, there. So he's possibly their third or fourth best player. And that's yeah. not, I mean, I know yeah. he's been better and has had a higher ceiling, but... Right now, yeah, I think that's where I would have him too. Yeah, and and that's again when he when he when he's a free agent, how much do you want to invest and for how long in Oladipo? And I think that's the real question. That the injury is one concern, and just how good he is is the other concern. I mean, is right. he worth is he worth you know five years and one hundred and twenty five million? Like, like I don't think so. But that's probably where you know that's probably what he's thinking he's going to get. And uh, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of teams would want to pay him that much. So. You know, I mean, he's going to get twenty million a year, I would think, just because he's he's oh. he's got some potential. He's pretty good, but how good? How good? That's the that's the question. And until we see him come back and play a full season, to to get better an idea of just how well he's recovered from that injury and just whether or not he can return to that all uh, all star all NBA level, because he was good for that season. But was that was that the anomaly that season, or was that more likely what you can expect from him? I think it's probably the first one from what we've seen so far. Let's keep it going here. As the 2020 NBA draft approaches, there's still very little consensus on who the top picks are going to be, how it's all going to unfold. Again, I was joking about it off the top when we were talking with Hollinger. It feels like no one even wants these guys. No one even wants the draft picks. So, Tass, draft pick more likely to be traded next week. The Wolves' number one pick or the Warriors' number two pick? What you got? I think it is the Wolves at the number one pick because although... Yeah, the feeling on these guys isn't uh, isn't super hot right now. Somebody will definitely want the number one pick at some point. I don't even know if the Wolves trade it before they make their pick. Uh, but as Hollinger told us, because it's sort of been a, a shortened season here before the draft, uh, things could happen a little bit after the draft. Uh, so I think that's more likely to happen than the Warriors uh, because I'm not sure how well a LaMelo Ball fits up with D'Angelo Russell there. And if they want to have a you know a couple years of trying to make that work, I, I don't I don't think they have that kind of time to appease everybody there. Uh, and then even you know does Wiseman fit there? I don't think so. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of question marks. Uh, so I think that pick eventually gets traded, whether it's on draft day or, or after that. And with the Warriors, I don't think they do it uh, just because they've got a top four now that gets paid a lot of money. And yes, I'm throwing in Andrew Wiggins in with Draymond Green. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Not for his play, but for his dollar dollars. So I think they kind of like the certainty of a number two pick, what he's going to cost, uh, that he is a good player and will be there to at least link the present to the future a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. Obviously, not all of these guys are going to be franchise guys, but they're going to try and put him in a, a situation in an organization that has created incredible players in Steph and Clay and Draymond. They've made those guys great players. So I think they've got some faith in themselves, whether it's this year or next year, to have a guy who really, really contributes at a cost certain value because what are they going to get for that number two pick? Are they going to get a, I guess you would think, you know, uh, somebody to take Kevon Looney's spot at the center spot because Looney is always hurt to try and help them win a championship? That's possible. Um, But I think they believe in their core. And uh, they'd like to have somebody to give them a great player in the future. What do you got, Trey? Which one are likely to get moved? 
I'm kind of on the flip side as Tass. I think that the Warriors would be more likely to trade their pick just because I, I agree. The idea of drafting a Wiseman and having him as the kind of bridge between your your dynasty era and whatever the next phase of the Warriors is going to be. It's not dissimilar to when the Spurs had Kawhi Leonard and it looked like he was going to be taking the reins from Tim Duncan. I can understand that. And I can also understand the value in you're going to be a good team next year. We all know that you might as well take a shot at having somebody who becomes a superstar in the future. But I also think it's hard for an NBA team with title aspirations to be relying on a rookie as your big guy. Uh, And I think it's going to be tough to say, Hey, James Wiseman, you've been this massive recruit for two straight years. We've been talking about this draft forever. Now we want you to watch JaVale McGee tape so you can learn how to run up and down the court and dunk. I just don't think that that's a, uh, something that really happens with a 19, 20-year-old guy. So I can see them trading uh, this pick, maybe along with Wiggins. There's been talk of perhaps the Pelicans. You're able to get something like J.J. Redick or Derek Favor, something along those lines. Maybe two players who help in the future in the playoffs who are a little bit more reliable than a young guy. So I just think it would be the Warriors because there's this huge... This huge movement of doing all you can to give Steph, Clay, and Draymond another chance at winning a title. Sure. Where do you fall, Lee? Yeah, I'm the same there. I think the Warriors, they're in win-now mode. And a young guy, you know, he might take a few years just to get to the level they need him at. So if there's a veteran out there that can give them something a little bit more that's ready now, I think they'll do that. Um, I think that's part of the reason why they originally signed D'Angelo Russell and then, of course, traded him for Andrew Wiggins was to have that asset ready in case they need to flip it to somebody and now package with the number two pick, you know, they've got something out there. It's just how, whether or not, uh, you know, anyone, there's much interest in Andrew Wiggins, which, you know, it's hard to really know if any teams want to take a flyer on him. But again, if you're going to get that second pick as well, then you're like, okay, that's the price we have to pay um, that, that you have to take that Wiggins contract as well. So that, that's where I think the Warriors are. They're like, we, we can get a good player at number two if no one wants to take us on, on a trade there. But ultimately, I think they are looking to get a veteran who's uh, who's going to serve their purposes a lot more better uh, now than getting a younger guy who's uh, going to be a few years before you can, they can really rely on him as well. And, um, you know, again, the Warriors, they're, they're, Steph basically missed last season. I know he played a handful of games. Obviously, Draymond played a handful of games, but he was kind of... He was kind of floating through those games, and Clay's been—he uh, he hasn't played since June last year. So you know they want to—they want to go back and they want to be competing straight away. They don't want to take a year or two to get back to that level. They're ready to to c- compete for more championships. It's funny though; both of these teams actually want to win now. The Warriors want to win titles now because of their guys, but the Wolves want to win now because well, they're the Wolves and they never win. That'd be nice, especially to send the message to Towns like, hey, we got something going here. But also, they don't have their pick in 2021. It's going to the Warriors. I think it's top three protected, so they'd have to be really really bad get some luck obviously in the draft lottery they're gonna not want to give that up so like they have incentive to be at least a solid team but i don't know whether that means yeah drafting with the number one pick and bringing in a ball or an edwards or something like that or does it mean flipping it for uh maybe someone that can help you immediately not that those guys couldn't too i mean not many people are high on them but you never know you never know all right next one here we got more jerseys to talk about now look Before we show you the ones, I just want to say the Valley Boys, the Suns, that one is official. I know there's been great photos going around. Kelly Oubre Jr., who might be moved, uh, (laughs) with a horse and a Ferrari, and you've seen the jerseys. They look pretty good in uh, IRL. I got to say, they look better than the the leak that we saw. And that always is the case, usually. But the four I'm going to throw at you guys that are official, official now, we got 
Show them uh, here for the YouTubers. Uh, the Orlando Magic, they got an orange vibe with the pinstripes. There's the Magic. The Sixers, this one's very interesting. Uh, some boathouses on this black jersey. <laughs> we'll get into that. Sacramento Kings, this one was a leak too that I think I forgot about maybe last time we were talking about these, but you got some checkered on the side there. They're very black, got the blue. And then the final one, the Hornets going with this minty, fresh, Buzz City look. So of these four... Magic Sixers, Kings, or Hornets? What's your favorite? What's the best of the bunch? What you got, Trey? Oh, it's a blowout, Skeetsy. Obviously, the Hornets have the best of these new batch of leaks that we're seeing. And like you're saying, is this mint? Is the teal a little bit different? It feels a little bit different mm-hmm. than yeah. the teal that we see on the normal yeah. Hornets uniforms. But I think it looks incredible. I love how they're mixing it with the gold, kind of playing on the New Orleans Hornets look from a few years back. But... This is a banger. This one, is, this one is incredible. I don't necessarily love Buzz City as their nickname. <laughs> yeah, same here. But, you know, similar to how the Suns decided to put the Valley on their jerseys and we're like, the Valley? It means something to the people there. So if Buzz City means something to the people of Charlotte, that's fine because the jerseys, as Lee Ellis would say, are fire. <laughs> they look, I'm with them. These look, these look awesome. Just the color palette. It just mm-hmm. works. Even the little logo there. I mean, you can sort of see it in this photo on the shorts. Yeah, that could say Hornets on the chest. I think the jersey would still be absolutely incredible. I also could see Westbrook in those. I think it would look so freaking cool oh, yeah. in those. Um, yeah, can anyone make a case for another one of these? Uh, Tass, you got something on there. Why don't you go next? <laughs> well, those Buzz City jerseys are the best Charlotte jersey since this thing. Oh my oh my goodness. Since, remember, back in the Bobcats days, I can fit a few bodies in here. Yeah, you uh, can. We were doing a live show in 2011 in Chicago, actually, and I had been talking about Emeka Okafor so much. I can just flip this jersey around and show you the Okafor on the back. Yeah, because wow. um, it's so huge. Uh, a fan of ours, Kevin Orris, said, "Listen, I've got this Charlotte Bobcats jersey. They're bad. I don't want this jersey anymore. You can have it." And so he handed it to me at our live show. Yeah. So I'm happy to uh, to have a new jersey. I, I just like wearing this. I go swimming. It's a blanket. In here. Uh, I like a beautiful. That Buzz City is God. It's gorgeous, and like uh, it. they haven't had a nice jersey since. I can't remember how long. I, I, I love the fact that they kind of buy into the teal and the blue. And and uh, I didn't wear the jersey that they sent to us back in 2014. I remember Lee wearing it. There's a photo mm. of Lee wearing it. They wore us the hornet. They, they sent us those, the teal hornets. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, it's, it's not teal. It's not aqua. What is it? It is mint. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. That's all I know. Taz looks like he's wearing a John Elway jersey. Yeah. When, when you can't see the Charlotte Bobcats part. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's like the Broncos. Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah, wow. for, the, for the listeners, Tass is wearing a gigantic-sized yeah. uh, Mecca Okafor Charlotte Bobcats I'm losing myself in this I can't believe it's been, I guess, nine years that you've had that jersey. And I also can't believe that there was really an era where the NBA ran out with wide-sleeved jerseys. Remember yeah. that? Like, the only ones that look cool at all were Allen Iverson wearing them. Mm. <laughs> but yep. with Tass, you're right. It looks almost like a football jersey. Yeah, this like, is there's a lot of ribs. In, a 5X, see. maybe? Yeah. Oh, mate, we were joking uh, recently, Tass, that uh, prior to our video days, people thought you were like 500 pounds. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that listener was like, oh, this, maybe it was a fit. nice fit for Tass. And then he showed up and saw it. He was like, what? Your voice doesn't match who you are. Uh, okay, so you are like you're liking the Buzz City as oh, well. Yeah, yeah Lee. Um, 
Is it Buzz City? Is it those minty fresh green ones? Let's go to Philadelphia. Let's have a look at the Sixers one because I think this is the one that's caused uh, the most... uh, uh, Backlash? Yes, I think so because it's a little bit uh, weird, isn't it? Like, um, Yep. So it's the, what, the Philly suburbs there? Is that is that the housing? I mean, uh, what, what is it? What is it? It's like the Boat Rose houses. I don't yeah, know. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. And Philadelphia have had some incredible uniforms in the last few years. Uh, so this is a step backwards, but maybe they were just due to have a bit of a stinker there. They've got the bell there just uh, above the, uh, you know, above the... Uh, above the dong? Yeah, above the <laughs> dong. They've got the dong yep. on the dong, um, yep. which, you know, I like that. I like the Liberty <laughs> Bell there. But, uh, yeah, placement probably wasn't the best. But, um, I do like uh, the TTP that is right over yes. the AD in Philadelphia. Yes, trust the process. A subtle nod to trusting the process. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, didn't notice that. Yeah. So, uh, so did Ben Simmons design these two? I know Zach Lowe had a massive article on these, which I unfortunately didn't read. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but that's what happened, right? He had some say uh, involved there um, with the design process because it was supposedly something to do with the Essendon Football Club, which is your team, of course, uh, Skitsy. Yes, see the bomber slay up. Uh, now, Jay. He has a photo. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the traditional <laughs> oh, Essendon jersey, identical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a little bit. It's got uh, that Okafor Bobcat sleeves on it, <laughs> yeah, wide yeah. up top. Yeah. Apparently, Ben Simmons, his main inputs on these were we got to have a black jersey. Fair enough. Everybody wanted to go yeah. back to the Iverson black jerseys. Very cool. And then a, they did like a blue version, uh, a black with mostly blue trim. And he said, no, 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 no. I love the Bombers. Put some red on there. Uh, okay. And now they have black, blue, and red, which is that's a no for me, usually. Uh, uh, the only thing these Sixers jerseys are missing are a big ad that say, Amart Furniture. Hmm? <laughs> uh, well, that was on the Bombers. Show the Bombers jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Run it yeah. back. Oh, wow. You, I, I don't know how you guys missed it. It's like right there across mm. the sash. Uh, mm. yeah. Have you ever been? What, what, what can I get there, Lee, besides furniture? Anything else? Uh, well, I've never heard of Amart furniture before. <laughs> I've, I've heard of Kmart, of course, yeah, but not right, Amart. Right, so, right. I, yeah. Uh, but, they, yeah, they, they, their jersey sponsors usually change around very, very frequently. So, Are you, yeah. are you guys liking the Kings jerseys? I, I do like them. Yeah. Uh, they they feel like uh well they actually feel like Charlotte's uh, was it Charlotte that had the you know the race stripe or what do you yeah, call it? I don't know the checkerboard or whatever on the side there what wasn't that back in the day Charlotte had one of those am I crazy they did at some point yeah yeah I can home and NASCAR so maybe they uh, yeah, yeah that's what it was that's what it was I guess I don't I just don't have much of an opinion about them to yeah. be honest I'm just like eh, all right uh, they're not the worst of the bunch we've seen they're definitely not the best I but, like them. Uh, you like them? Yeah. JD likes them. It's got a, you know, it's chess, right? Kings, the chessboard, uh, checkerboard. Oh my God, there. I'm an idiot. I didn't even and think I, of that. I'm all yeah. about the Queen's Gambit these days, so uh, shout out to King, the Kings. Okay. Kings okay. Gambit. Did you finish the Queen's Gambit? I have not, so don't give me any spoilers. Oh, uh, we right there. took us two nights. Loving it. Thrilling stuff, yeah. I, I would love to see Sacktown play Cream City, though, right? That would be really oh, nice classic. matchup. Yep. <laughs> um, and, hey, I, I thought you might go with the Magic, Trey. You're a big orange guy. So I wanted to get your opinion on these. Like, it, not enough orange? Like, these are these are an upgrade over the, the dark gray ones they had with the orange, I think. Certainly. Uh, yeah. And I do like that people kind of discovered that if you flip the Magic's normal jerseys, they're black and blue, it yeah. almost inverts perfectly Harkening back to the days of, hey, what color is this dress? But Mm. as we see with Tass in his legendary Emeka Okafor jersey, 
Orange jerseys are tough. I love yeah. orange jerseys, but it feels like we're still waiting for a classic NBA orange. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's uh, hear yeah, from you. And, and, they're, and they're claiming that it's a bit of a throwback to the mid-90s era and their pinstripes. But you got to keep the same color palette. I think the orange is, is too far. They, this is the second year now they've gone to the orange. I just can't get Evan Fournier, the magic guard, out of my head when he said, <laughs> what are we playing for the Suns now? When he was commenting about their first orange jersey. It's just, it's too orange. It, it, like, it is really distinct, right? It's like the yeah. Suns are the only team, I think, that has it as part of their uniform. Predominantly other than, orange, other than the the old Bobcats, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I the get... Knicks have ran out some more oh, jerseys. Yeah. The Thunder as yeah. well, and Thunders, yeah. exactly, they're not memorable. <laughs> no, they're not. I, I like these Magic jerseys better than the ones they were throwing at us last year that just said ORL and they were gray and had a little orange. And I didn't like them. This is nicer. Uh, yeah, that's a tie-in with it's the better. Pinstripes. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't mind I agree. the star too. Let's hear from you guys at uh, holler at us at Twitter at least at No Dunk Sync with all these jerseys. Got to take one more break here, but we do have a few more questions. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds, sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, we're ending with some really silly ones here, as we usually do on No Dunks. This one, there's no preamble. Just got some photos, JD. Would you rather, guys, wear a shirt of yourself, like Tyler Hero did there, yes, with the snarl as he's 
going through uh, some shooting drills, or would you rather wear Nike bread shoes? <laughs> okay. A shirt of yourself, like Tyler Hero did, or these Nike bread shoes. I uh, can't wait to see where Lee ranks these t- this type of bread on his favorite breads. Uh, but Trey, you answer first. What would you rather wear? At uh, first, I thought this was a pretty tough question. You know, on one hand, you're wearing a shirt of yourself. It's a tough move. Right. Uh, it's certainly a tough move. On the other hand, you've got a pair of shoes that are made out of bread, which will fall apart, but you can catch some good fish on little bread balls. <laughs> Ultimately, though... I'm going with a shirt of myself because it's almost an honor amongst my group of friends back home. Um, You guys have heard me bring up my buddy Murph. We always would torment him at homecoming. One year we printed up thousands of pictures of him uh, during his Dragon Ball Murph era is what we called it. We put them (laughs) all around campus. He hated it. The next year we printed up a whole bunch more pictures that said, welcome to the bro show. He hated it. Oh, the guy was furious. So the very next year, my buddy Bryce made us all shirts that said, let's get Murph ridiculous, along with a picture of Murph's face, and then wore those to homecoming. Murph hated it, but he loved it. Because when you're wearing a shirt with your face on it, and everybody else you know is wearing a shirt with your face on it, you're the star right then. So Tyler Hero, he was the star of that game when he snarled. We're going to remember that snarl for a long time. So I feel like uh, he's got to pay some tribute, even if it's to himself. Okay, so you're fine with the shirt of yourself. <laughs> Let's go to Taz again. He's got another wardrobe change. Yep. Taz, explain I, to the listener what you got on here. Well, what's weird about wearing y- yourself on a shirt? I'm wearing a oh shirt my with my God. face drawn on it by a fan from a long time ago. Wow. With the the label Pun Guns <laughs> and uh, two fingers up, like I'm I'm firing off some puns. Yeah, There's smoke yeah, rising amazing. from each of my two fingers. Just fired a couple quick puns. I have no idea what their shirt came from. I've been doing, like a lot of people during the pandemic, a lot of cleaning around my house. So I found this old Charlotte Bobcats jersey and I found this thing. Uh, so cool. I'm putting it on. It's a perfect fit. What's what's weird about that? This actually, this question uh, reminded me of when we did a shoot with Big Baby Davis. And he's got his <laughs> himself on that shirt. Yeah. Now, uh, that's, that's, that's him there he is. Look at the glow up on JD, oh, first hold on, of all. I was say, let's talk about JD in this photo. And there's Big Baby with the... Bo Verde, eat picture. your heart out. <laughs> I really miss that hat. Oh, wow. What happened to it? Did you uh, eat it? I sat on it. Oh. Huh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Pretty oh, sad. what a look. Wow. That is... Uh, what oh. year was that? 2011? <laughs> 2012. <laughs> Looks like 1988 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just baggy clothes. It's just baggy clothes. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. I got to say, though, Tass, back to him, if we can drop that. I don't... Yeah, I guess you said you just found it. I don't ever remember you just wearing this shirt. <laughs> mm, it's the first time I've ever worn yeah. it. <laughs> but, honestly, it's pretty good, good drawing it's of pretty you. pretty good, like, yeah. It does look like you, yeah. It's, yeah. It's pretty, pretty solid, yeah. Right. I have no idea where it came from, but <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, Lee, let's go to you here. Okay, <laughs> what, do you, what do you got, Lee, for this? I think I know your answer, but take it away. Yeah, I'm just wearing a hat with my own uh, logo on top right now, and I wear this around from time to time. It's a very comfortable hat. So... You're like Nick Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'd have no problems wearing my own t-shirt. I mean, we have the very solid plate t-shirt. It's not my face, though. It's more just right. the, uh, the the diagram of a play. So uh, 
yeah, but I've worn this on the beach in Mexico a few times and, uh, you know, just let people know. Yeah, that's me, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Do people know it's you when they see the hat? No, but no. they sort of go, I don't know what that is. That's kind of weird. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, if I had to tell people, because I told a guy once down there in Mexico, I said, yeah, that's me on the hat. And he was kind of like, why are you wearing a hat of yourself? But, uh, you know, I told him about the show and everything. So we got there in the end, but uh, it was still a bit weird, but. Yeah, very comfortable hat, I have to say. All right. Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go with a shirt of yourself just because you can't wear these Nike bread shoes. You can't wear them to like um, like a square where there's pigeons or stuff like that. Like you're, you're absolutely screwed. Um, so, I mean, they look comfy. Uh, they almost look toasted a little bit to me too. It's, I love toast. Put some jam on those. But uh, yeah, I'll go with the shirt. JD, got an answer for this one? Which one? Yeah, I think I'm going shirt. Okay. Although, I mean, I do have a shirt with all of our faces on it, and I'm right in the center, and I'm yeah. way too self-conscious to wear it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know. weren't self-conscious enough to wear a fedora? Oh. <laughs> hey, man. I'm a hat guy. I like hats. <laughs> you do love hats. That's funny. I was cleaning out all my stuff, and I realized... I got some hats. I'm going to wear hats again, I said to Danielle yesterday. She goes, okay. All right. Let's, let's see you do it. Crazy <laughs> wow, you're wild, man. Yeah, slow down. All right, final one. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but my social feed, uh, social media feeds are like being flooded with people opening their shiny new Xboxes and PlayStation consoles. So Christmas is right around the corner. Um, I want you to treat yourself here. Xbox Series X or PS5, JD, what you got? Uh, PS5, 100%. 100%. Hook me up, people. I need one. It's got to be under that tree Christmas morning or I'm in big trouble. (laughs) So you didn't buy buy one, unfortunately. I I check every day. It's sold out everywhere. I don't know. It's it's very hard to find. Uh, Yeah, I don't know why I became a PS5. A PlayStation person, I think, is because of uh, there was one game that was only available on P, uh, the PS4 or PS3, and then I just never looked back. So right, right. Yeah. So you will be going. You'd want PlayStation. Over yeah, Xbox. yeah. The okay. kids are the kids are very much PlayStation guys. Okay. So. What do you got, Lily? I'm fascinated to hear your answer for this. Yeah, I mean, I have retired officially from playing uh, video games, but I used to be a PlayStation guy, so uh, I guess I would go the PS5. Uh, I got to say, right now, the look you got going, it looks like you got your own Twitch channel. I'm yeah, watching that. Twitch right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny, though, JD, you talk about it for Christmas because, uh, you know, I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old, and, um, and I, I am sort of like... Because we got an Atari Twenty Six Hundred for Christmas when we were like in you know the mid eighties, and that was like the one the one joystick with really? one button, and you could play a million games. It was incredible. Um, and I'm like, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to get the boys there and see just how crazy and irate they can get at each other and throw things around <laughs> the house when things don't go their way. But uh, I know you can get a lot more games these days where there's some physical play involved, isn't there? I think that is that is that the PlayStation. Uh, no, that's the uh, Nintendo. I don't know. They're moving away from that kind of thing. Although there are virtual no, reality. If you want your stuff stuff broken in your house, definitely yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know that it does does bring out the worst behavior in kids. So uh, you know, maybe it's time. Oh, I love the idea of Christmas morning, couple presents under the Ellis family tree, kids opening up. Wow, PlayStation Five. Oh my God, this is incredible, Dad. You're the best. Uh, what what games do we got? 
<laughs> Lee somehow has found the one bar three game. All right. Let's get do to it, work kid. comes in core. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah see it's, it's next level vegetable medley <laughs> yeah. um, all right so uh tass what are you uh, what do you want xbox or playstation it's on me i'm buying i'm going fiverr i i i'm i i i was a nintendo person of nintendo yeah. super nintendo n64 and then i got a ps3 purchase for me as a gift Whoa. it was a great gift when i broke my leg way back in the day because uh, i was sitting at home so i got a ps3 purchase for me i don't play it though and I never upgraded to the PS4. Well, maybe I can get wrapped in around the PS5. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Which uh, which one of these are like catching on fire? Like they look like they're vaping. Trey, have you seen these videos going? I think it might be the Xbox one, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Well, I didn't know that the Xboxes were vaping, but it I seems think- like the perfect time to switch right now because a PlayStation, like JD saying, impossible to get. And then you have seen, I'm sure. On Twitter, so many of these messages that say, hey, your PlayStation 5 is coming in PlayStation 5 packaging. It's going to be stolen. So you got to be out there waiting oh. like Lee for his pot for his passport. <laughs> uh, What's harder to get a PlayStation 5 or your passport in the mail? Uh, what you got? Yeah, round two of the passport saga. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Emergency podcast. Uh, that yeah, sounds like yeah, a great it's, PlayStation it's, game, The Passport yeah. Saga. It's, some, it's somewhere. It's somewhere in New York right now. It's back in New York. It's somewhere. It's either uh, yeah. It's at the Canadian Embassy, I believe. But oh, I had wow. to. I had to pay an extra twenty dollars escalation fee for something. What? Oh my goodness! They make a video game out of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where in the passport world challenge. is Lee Ellis' What happened to the Nintendo Switch, JD? You're a Switch man. I almost made the move. Uh, it's uh, it's just fallen off. Uh, I I have to wrestle my wife uh, Rachel. She plays Tetris on it nonstop. Mm. So uh, you know that's become the Tetris machine. So, that's all right. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's a great cool. game. Yeah. Let's hear from you guys. Xbox, PS5, which one should we all get? You know, the correct answer here is just everybody, all five of us, should got, uh, got to get an NBA Jam arcade. We all got to hook <laughs> that up, get it on Wi-Fi. We got to play each other. It'd be great. Let's call it there. This is a super long one. A lot of fun uh, topics, though. Comment on Twitter, at NoDunkSync. Obviously, leave your five-star rating and review if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and like what I wanted to hear, your Westbrook trades, your Drew Holiday trades, your Chris Paul trades. You can email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com, or again, you can tweet them in, at NoDunkSync. Uh, we'll call it there. No shows this weekend. We'll be back next week. It's going to be a probably a busy week in the NBA, and we might have some emergency shows. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube if you're a part of the stream team or you like watching the show or wherever you download and listen to the No Dunks podcast. Just make sure you subscribe. Very, very important. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, got to get a couple comments in here from the team stream because we don't want to denigrate the Xbox because apparently Skeets wasn't vaping. According to Chris Lanzell, the Xbox video was debunked. Oh, it wasn't real. Apparently, but Ragin' Brownie here says in the comments, the Xbox has a weird kind of ventilation system. So I don't know. Is is Ragin' right or is Chris Lanzell right? Oh, man. We'll never know. (laughs) Oh, man. We'll find out next week on No Ducks.